We are uh, starting a new sermon series this morning entitled Faithful. God never fails, and he won't stop now. This morning we're going to be looking at Psalm 89 as we talk about uncertainty. I will sing of the Lord's great love forever. It's with my mouth I will make your faithfulness known through all generations. I will declare that your love stands firm forever, that you established your faithfulness in heaven itself. You said I have made a covenant with my chosen one. I have sworn to David my servant. I will establish your line forever and make your throne firm through all generations. The heavens, they praise your wonders, Lord your faithfulness too in the assembly of the holy ones. For who in the skies can compare with the Lord? Who is like the Lord among the heavenly beings and the counsel of the holy ones? God is greatly feared. He is more awesome than all who surround him. O Lord Almighty, who is like you, the most exalted of the kings of the earth? I will maintain my love to him forever. And my covenant with him will never fail. I will establish his line forever. And I skipped ahead to the wrong verse. Starting with verse 9. You rule over the surging sea. When its waves mount up, you still them. You crushed Rahab like one of the slain. With your strong arm, you scattered your enemies. The heavens are yours, and yours are also the earth. You founded the world and all that is in it. You created, created the north and the south. Tabor and Hermon sing of your joy at your name. And your arm is endued with power. Your hand is strong, your right hand exalted. Look at verse 14. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Love and faithfulness go before you. Let's pray. Father, I'm grateful uh, for this passage and for the psalmist's words of praise and glory to you. And as we've sung this morning, you are high king of heaven. You deserve, all, you deserve all the praise and glory that we can give you. And I pray this morning that as we uh, gather together and study of your word, we pray that your word is the one that will speak boldly to our hearts and that your spirit will unite us in your truth. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, guys, it's officially been a year. I remember Jessica and I, we had planned a trip during spring break to go see my family up north. I had already been told at this point in the year that the nursing homes were closed. I wasn't going to be able to see my mother. But I still planned on seeing my sisters, my stepfather, some cousins, uncles, that kind of thing. And it was two days before our trip that we finally that, that we began hearing the cancellations. Well, maybe we shouldn't get together. I don't know what this COVID thing is, but maybe we maybe we should put off a couple weeks. And it was the day of our trip that we learned that the rest stops had closed down in Kentucky, and that a lot of the fast food joints in Kentucky were drive-through only, and we thought, where are we going to stop to use the restroom? Where are we going to stop to eat on our way up north to Indiana? We had no idea 
that the country was moving quickly into quarantine and that everyone would be facing a year of uncertainty. Many of us were uncertain about how the virus would affect our way of life. Some of you lost your jobs. Some of us lost our loved ones. It's been a difficult year, but through it all, God's promises has stayed true. Amen? This morning, as we look at Psalm 89, I'm hoping that we can see that God is faithful, that his love never fails, that he won't stop now, that we can trust him in the face of uncertainty. So if you want to follow along in your notes, let me give you a couple points. When we face uncertainty, we should look to God's love. We should look to his love. Reread verse 1 and 2 with me. The psalmist said, I will sing of the Lord's great love forever, and with my mouth I'll make known your faithfulness through all generations. I will declare your love stands firm forever, that you established your faithfulness in heaven itself. We see the psalmist really singing of God's love here in the first two verses. That his love, it stands firm forever. And that he established love and faithfulness. He created that in heaven itself. Now heaven within this context of Psalm 89 is not that place you want to go when you die. Heaven in this context is God's throne room. It's where God lives and acts according to his will. We need to see the comparison that the, the, the original readers would have seen between the good king, our God in heaven, and the evil king. What do you think when you see in your mind an evil and selfish king? What might they be doing in the throne room? And maybe you've seen the movies, maybe you've read the books, and you know that those evil and selfish kings, they only care about their selves. They only care about their gluttony. They only care about being entertained. But the psalmist, the psalmist paints a different picture of God, who is creating love and faithfulness in his throne room being faithful to his people. Author, writer, preacher, Timothy Keller writes, to be loved but not known is comforting, but it's superficial. To be known but not loved, that might be our greatest fear. But to be fully known and truly loved is, well, a lot like being loved by God. It is what we need more than anything. Listen to these words. It liberates us from pretense. It humbles us out of our self-righteousness. And it fortifies us in the most difficult, the most difficulty life can throw at us. It fortifies us. It is the foundation. When we look to God's love in the time of uncertainty, that fortifies us for any difficulty life can throw at us. 
Paul understood that, and we, we can read those words in Romans where he said, No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him, that is God, who loved us. For I'm convinced, he writes, that neither death nor life nor angels or demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any other powers, he says, neither height or depth or anything else in creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And the promise here is what fortifies us in the times of uncertainty, to know that there is nothing in all creation. There is nothing above. There is nothing below. There is nothing that can be done to us that can take away the unfailing and faithful love of God. That is foundational as we face the uncertainties of life. We could also, write this down, we can also look to creation, can't we? We could also look to creation. He spends a long time talking about how nothing compares to God. He calls them the holy ones. There is nothing that is even comparable to God. And then he says that God in verse 9, rules over the surging seas. When those waves that bound up, you still them. You crush Rahab like one of the slain. Your strong arm, you scattered your enemies. The heavens are yours. The earth is yours. You founded the world and all that is in it. You created everything. And your right arm is endured with power and is exalted. These promises we see that is nothing in the heavens and the earth and the sea that could ever compare with God. God rules over everything. God has created everything. Rahab in verse 15 is a sea monster in Jewish mythology. Israel still uses that name Rahab on their ships. There's a submarine that was built not too long ago, within the, the past 20 years, called the INS Rahab. Today, we might say, maybe, that God could slay the Megalodon, right? Or God might slay Sharknado, I don't know. But God created, God rules, God is over and above, and we could look to creation. When I woke up this morning, it was dark. And by the time I left, the sun rose. I didn't make that happen. God did. The grass, it needed the rain that we had this weekend to grow. I didn't make the rain happen. God did. And all we have to do is look to creation and know that no matter what uncertainty life may throw at us, we know that God's still in charge. As the sun rises, we know that we had no control over that, yet God sustains us. It's author Robert Zink who beautifully captures this truth in an essay he wrote called Finding God's Faithfulness in Creation. I love this. He said, God continues to work routinely every day in unseen ways. The unceasing rhythm of creation is simple beginning to our awe. We know that the sun will rise every morning and the evening will be replaced by the subdued brightness of the moon. In the spring, flowers will bloom while summer and fall bring us the enjoyment of their fruit. 
The nature that surrounds us was created with such regularity that we can even measure lifespans, predict tides, and even expect certain harvest yields. That's a kind of regularity, right? We've come to expect this regularity is simply how things are, how they should be, and how they will always be. But listen, the continuous cycle without major interruption reveals a major aspect of God's character towards us, his faithfulness. The Lord has not given or taken away the sun or moon because of our behavior. Although my sin is horrendous, I still see the beauty of the orchids and lilies growing in the garden. And he says that while I write this, and tonight I expect the sunset to be quite spectacular, all these things are God's doing. It should compel us to be attentive of who God is. God remains faithful, just as he has revealed about himself through his word. And so God has revealed who he is, that he is faithful here in his word. And we see the proof of his faithfulness and the creation. It's Psalm 111 and verse 7. The work of his hands, the psalmist writes, the work of God's hands are faithful and just. And that leads us into this final point that I want to give you. That when times are uncertain, we can look to his love, we can look to creation, and finally, we can look to his righteous justice. God is not only loving and faithful, but he's also righteously just. Verse 14 says that righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Love and faithfulness go before you. The, faith, the foundation of God's throne is love, faithfulness, righteousness, and justice. And that's just in the first 14 verses of Psalm 89. The psalmist now spends the next portion of the text describing the love and faithfulness of God found in the covenant that God made with Abraham and David. Today, we know that verse 28 and 29 that I mistakenly read because I have it circled in my Bible. Let me read it for you again that God will maintain his love to David forever. His covenant with him will never fail. I will establish his line forever, his throne as long as heaven endures. We know today that that's talking about Jesus Christ. But then the psalmist turns to the righteousness and justice of God later in the passage. The covenant God made with Moses included a clause that described what happens when the people of God turn from him. The Davidic throne would last forever, that's Jesus Christ, but their land was taken from them. And according to the psalmist's words, we are reminded that they did indeed lose the land because of misdeeds and sin, but... God's love continued through the line of David that we now recognize as Jesus Christ. It is important to remember in the times of uncertainty that God 
will always be just and God will always be right. He will always be just and he will always be right. And one day we know we can have confidence that God will make it all right. Follow my circular argument, if you will. Well, how do I know that God's going to make it all right? How do I know that God is one day going to be the just God that he promised here in Scripture? Well, we've already established that we should look to his love. We already established that creation proves he's faithful. Therefore, we can trust him in times of uncertainty that God will make it all right. It's this kind of uncertainty that reminds me of Abraham. If you remember in Genesis chapter 12, God calls Abraham to leave his country and promises that he's going to make him a great nation. Those words were used in Genesis chapter 12. Abraham, he doesn't understand this promise. Because at this point, he's 75 years old. He and his wife are far past the time of, of child raising. And Abraham looks to God. It's the very next time that God speaks to Abraham. And, and, and the topic isn't coming up. God is just saying, I'm going to be faithful to you. Abraham, I'm going to be faithful to you. And God said, well, sovereign Lord, since we're talking now, what can you give me since I remain childless and the one that's going to inherit my estate is this guy Eleazar of Damascus. You've given me no children, so a servant in my house is going to be my heir. 75 years old, Abraham understood that he and Sarah well past their years to bear children, but God was faithful. He had to work a miracle to make this right. And sure enough, God miraculously caused Sarah to become pregnant. They gave birth to a son. We know that story. But remember that Abraham and Sarah had to wait 25 years between the time he was given the promise at the age of 75 before he became a father at the age of 100 This week, uh, I worked on a little project in the evening while it was still nice. It was a good time to work with wood and to be outside, right? I made a ramp for my shed this week. I found this old piece of OSB board and uh, an old two-by-four I found in someone's yard. I also had some stain left over from a project the boys and I were working on, so how many of you here, or those watching at home, how many of you here or those watching home think I put together a good ramp for my shed with OSB board and a leftover two-by-four? Anybody? <laughs> Judge me by my materials. Judge me by my ability to woodwork. And you'll probably come to the conclusion that that thing ain't going to last very long. Now, as you face the uncertainties of life, I want you to judge God 
by his materials and judge God by his ability. Judge by what he said, what's come true. Judge as you watch that sun come up and realize I had nothing to do with that. That he's able to maintain the kind of orbit that doesn't make us all burn up or freeze to death. Amen? God makes that happen. Judge God by what the Bible says about his love, his ability, his righteous justice, his faithfulness. You can have faith in God in times of uncertainty. He is able. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. The words to this next song we're going to sing leads us into our time of communion. It's a time where we celebrate and remember the God who sent his own son to be crucified that we might have life, once again reminding us of his love, his faithfulness, and his righteous justice. Let's pray. Father, as we gather around your table this morning, I pray that we can be reminded that even in the most uncertainty of life, even when we just don't understand why stuff is happening, that we can trust in you. Let your body and your blood remind us of your faithfulness to your people this morning. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.